This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to episode nine of the Open Forum Podcast. My name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host Mike Martinez to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. March is a big month, Mike. It's a huge month. I'm so fired up for all the awesome phys ed goodness we have coming our way. Uh, those of you who've been following along, keeping score at home, we have the the March to Nashville yeah. going on, the Shape America Conference in just under three weeks. Hashtag March to Nashville. Hashtag March to Nashville <laughs> underway. We have our own podcast episodes coming, awesome things going on in our schools, I'm sure. Uh, those of you who are baseball fans at home, spring training underway, the season is upon us, hopefully warmer weather coming soon. Uh, just a, a lot of a lot of great things happening this month. What's what's number one going on for you this month, Mike? Well, uh, <clears throat> recently, as of two days ago, my daughter's walking. Oh, that's huge. So, um, yeah, that's big. I came home from work the other day. My wife was like, guess what your daughter did today? Could have been anything. <laughs> Put my daughter on one side of the room, the remote control on the other. And off she went across the living room. Your life will never be the same. It's game changer. Neither will hers, actually. There's yes. so much more she can do now. Yeah. It's a, it's a big, scary world Chase out there the when dog. you can move. It's going to be great. <laughs> that's, that's, that's huge, man. Uh, speaking of things that are awesome and amazing and taking place in the month of March, <laughs> we have a- All three of those things. Absolutely. We have a fantastic guest with us today. He is joining us on location from a random parking lot in Alexandria, Virginia, and we'll let him explain why that's going on. Um, but- to, to, to properly introduce our, our guest, I mentioned this before to Mike. I, I feel like I feel like all of us got into this profession for the same reason, right? Weekends fame, and holidays off. Fame, fortune. Fame, fortune, get rich quick, all that good fun stuff. Hashtag sarcasm. Uh, no, we all, we all do what we do as teachers to try to make a difference, right? To, to impact people's lives in a positive way and to be, hopefully be one of those people that 30 years from now they still remember in a positive way. Our next guest is somebody who lives and breathes, who, who really embodies that sentiment, who goes above and beyond on, on the regs to impact people in any way that he can. Our guest is Kevin McGrath, again, coming to you from Alexandria, Virginia. Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself today. How's it going, guys? Yep, I'm in a parking lot. I got my bagel sandwich and internet. <laughs> <laughs> We've been out of power for almost 24 hours now. There was 50 to 80 mile per hour wind gusts, and it's been consistently 40 mile per hour for about over 24 hours now. It's pretty crazy. First time I've ever had school off because of wind. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the tree in my backyard sway back and forth. And this is like a big tree watching the trunk just sway back and forth. And I'm like, oh. We got just, all, just hold on. All sorts of firsts going just on. Hold on. Baby's first steps, first day canceled because of wind. Lot, lots of firsts going on. Well, thank you again for demonstrating your your level of commitment and just what an awesome person and educator you are. I know it's probably not fun <laughs> hanging out in a car talking to the two of us, but we certainly appreciate having you on. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Kevin is the 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 brains and the beauty behind the Adopt a Gym program. So let's kick things off with that right there. Kevin, tell us what Adopt a Gym is and kind of what was the genesis for, for starting it. So Adopt a Gym basically grew uh, like this. So my first teaching job was in Brooklyn, New York. I was the first ever certified teacher there. I had almost 1,500 students. And the first day they brought me down to the gym closet and 
there was two basketballs, three jump ropes, and a handful of scooters that I vowed to never bring out of this closet because I had classes between 80 and 120 uh, <laughs> at a time. <laughs> and I thought That's that would be insane. demolition derby style. Sounds like you a know? blast. Oof. Yeah. So um, I spent my first year there, and uh, about a year later, I found myself in Alexandria, Virginia, teaching at a school that was almost virtually opposite. I had 240 students. I had two closets full of equipment and a completely fully supportive PTA community, a budget with them, and also a budget uh, from my school with like virtually nothing needed. It was crazy. Wow, so that, that really sounds like a, a tale of two of two cities, of, of two schools, having one experience Literally. with no equipment, no budget, no nothing, and then going to a veritable never-ending supply of, of funding and equipment, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And basically what it turned out to be is, you know, just like most schools, you jump in with the jump rope for heart and hoops for heart. And I was having these incredibly successful events. And I was facing the exact same problem that most people do is they, they don't really know where their donations are going to, you know. You don't know what percentage of donations actually reach people with heart disease. And if you're reaching the maximum amount of potential of, of help that you really wanted to do. So uh, my first two years, of, I joined the Marine Corps Marathon Kids Run. And they gave an award to the schools who gave the, had the most amount of students go. And we won the award the first two years we participated because it was by percentage. And they gave these financial, they gave uh, like a, a monetary award for the school who had the most. And it, it told to be about $1,500. And I looked at my closet. I didn't even know what to spend it on, you know. And it was 2008 around. And it was right before Extra Gaming got big. So I decided to get a Nintendo Wii and a couple Extra Games to kind of change kids' minds on you know, what to do on video game systems to stay active rather than it be the opposite of what we want for them. And mm. uh, I got a little bit of pushback, but I really wanted to do something with the money that could help somebody. But since my school community, you know, did something for that money, I couldn't just give it away. And that's kind of where my mind got started for adopt a gym. That's really impressive. I, I feel like I'm sure lots of people who are listening to this right now probably fall on one of those two ends of the spectrum. Either I'm teaching in a broom closet with two basketballs and two jump ropes, or I have an embarrassment of riches and I'm not sure what to do with it. It's it's so inspiring and, and, and refreshing to hear that there are people in the world like Kevin who realize that they had an opportunity to help those who are in that, that same position, you know, the same position he used to be in and make a big difference. So what was your first experience with helping others and, and transferring, whether it's funding or equipment, from you, from yourself to another school? So I reached out to Washington, D.C., since I'm about 10 or 12 minutes from there with my school, and I asked them if there's any schools who really they could think of equipment. And unfortunately, guys, this is not like an odd odd man out kind of thing this is people all over with this situation like you mentioned mike and they found me a school quite easily that we partnered with the first year and we had this incredible first year event we raised almost six thousand dollars in my first year and i didn't even have 400 kids at my school so it was like really incredible i actually had i had the school send me a wish list i told the guy i said listen if you had the opportunity to get any and everything you could ever want to really create the best PE program you could. 
list it for me and I'll do my best to get whatever I could from the list. So after my, after my event, I realized that I still had tons left over. So I called up DC and we adopted a second school. So after the two schools, we fully funded both of their wish lists. And we even still had some money left over to donate about $600 to our local homeless shelter. Basically what we did is we got gift cards so that when a family's ready to get back on their feet, they get a $25 gift card from us, you know, for their first set of groceries or, you know, whatever they need just to kind of reassure them that there is somebody here to help as long as you're there to help yourself as well. You know, that's awesome. I get the the, the chills just thinking yeah. about this as, as a teacher who has been, I guess, in in part, at least on both sides of that equation. I, I know for me how it would feel getting this, you know, this, this gift from from the P.E. Santa Claus out of nowhere from someone who has no reason to want to help except for they understand what it's like to, yeah. to do without. And not just for a teacher, but for those students, how you feel coming to PE the next day with a, a whole brand new set of equipment that's going to revolutionize your experience. You're, you're gonna be able to do so much more with it. I, I just, I, I get I get it all, all psyched up just, th just thinking about it. That's, <laughs> that's fantastic work. What what does one of these fundraisers look like? Is it similar to a Hoops for Heart situation, or what does it look like so in we, practice? So, yeah, with well, the first few years, we did a fun run. Basically, we set up cones outside in my field, and we basically told the kids that they should get sponsored according to how many laps they ran. So, you know, grandma might give them a quarter for every lap. Mom might give them a dollar, you know, and so forth. And then they run as many laps around the field as possible during that 30-minute period. And believe it or not, guys, I thought that these kids would be completely bored after 15 minutes or even 10. They actually got faster as the time got along. You wouldn't believe how motivated these kids were to just keep going. I had one kid. He was a third grader at the time. He ran 31 laps around my field wow. in a 30-minute period. To give you an idea, that's that's in the range of like three and a half miles. Like, wow. They just got faster and faster. And I don't know if it was because competition or because of they were motivated – philanthropically like you know i don't know but <laughs> the, the thing was i guess his parents forgot that he was one of the most competitive kids around and they ended up donating five dollars per lap and donating 155 dollars that year <laughs> but on top of the fun runs we've done a uh, a dance-a-thon last year because one of the schools i adopted was school where the teacher there was the virginia dance teacher of the year tammy hannah and um i knew with this type of equipment I wanted to help the teacher that would just blow it out of the water when they got this equipment. You know, they'll be able to teach everything they ever wanted to, to give those kids the experience that they really deserve and that the teacher deserves as well. That, you know, somewhere, you know, our, you know, the people that supply us, you know, came short. So last year we did a dance-a-thon uh, and this year we got a pretty cool event. We're doing a soccer kickoff. I got my local soccer league involved during the school year teaching soccer last year and i saw how motivated my kids were there were kids that were not in soccer leagues that were really hyped to see these guys during pe that i realized if i got them involved more of my kids are going to be joining leagues outside of school and that's part of my job too is you know finding that love for physical activity in them that they want to go out and do it themselves so this year's soccer kickoff uh was supposed to be last thursday but with a major rain and a uh, broken bone, got postponed until this coming Tuesday. Uh, if you don't follow Kevin on Twitter, <laughs> um, there's a lovely picture of his partially broken ankle on there. 
So rumor has it the the ankle was broken. I believe you were, you were saving kittens from a from a thirty fifth sto- <laughs> story building, and and you just landed. Is, is that correct? Actually, there was a uh, homeless family falling from a tree, and I caught <laughs> all of them. But at the the last one landed, uh, my ankle kind of snapped. <laughs> <laughs> I did promise Kevin that I would make him tell the story on on the episode. So <laughs> apologize for for dragging him out like that. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I just I got I hadn't played basketball in a couple of years, and I got out there. I was feeling good, man. I just hit a couple three pointers. Decided to try to take somebody off the dribble and rolled my ankle, and it, I knew it was broken the moment I heard the crack, man. It was my second fibula uh, fracture. So, yep. I mean, it was the worst timing possible, but it reminds you of adversity. And you know, I uh, for those of you who know, I mean, Mike Miller was there for a presentation of mine. He knows that adversity is kind of my middle name. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's, it's what drives you, you know. Absolutely. Even the, even the best fall down sometimes, buddy. Hopefully, you heal yeah. up soon and are back on your feet, literally and figuratively, pretty soon. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, Tuesday, getting back to <laughs> getting back to adopt the gym. It sounds like the schools who are helping with this cause kind of have some flexibility in how they want to to participate, whether it's a dance-a-thon, a, a fun run, uh, a soccer kickoff. If my school, hypothetically speaking, wanted to help participate and get involved and help raise money, how do they go about getting in contact with you? Is there an application process? Is it just a quick email? What does that look like? So literally speaking, I don't like this hypothetical stuff, but Michael Martinez could <laughs> go to adoptagym.wordpress.com and click sign up as a donor school. And it's just a brief, maybe six or seven questions uh, about you and your school. And that just sends a you know Google doc to me saying that you've signed up. And I basically just send you a whole ton of information on how it would look like, what it would require from you, who would you want to speak to first to get approval. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, this year was the first year I reached out to other schools. And I had about 15 schools sign up on the website and it turned out to about three or four schools that were actually able to run events. So there are a lot of avenues that you have to go through with your administration, your PTA. I mean, you got to have everybody on board, but if you have a supportive school where you think your principal would, would like the idea and you know, your PTA would back you on it. I mean, it's, it's one of the few uh, fundraisers that 100% of the donations you collect go directly to what you're trying to help. 100% goes directly to purchasing PE equipment, you know, except for the case where you have a little bit of leftover and you want to help your local community outreach center, which obviously I don't think too, too many people are going to have arguments against either. It's really, you know, your money's going where you want it to go. For sure. I, I can't help but thinking selfishly about this. It, again, hypothetically speaking, if I were to do something like this, what better way to teach kids of, of any age what it means to to give back, again, to, to make a difference, to to be advocate, advocates for positive change? I, I feel like there's a lot of negativity you know, swirling around the world these days. You can really put a lot of power in kids' hands in a very fun way. It's not as as exciting to ask kids to go pick up garbage on the side of a highway or in a public park, but to show up and play soccer while raising money for people who are not as fortunate as you are. It's a a great message, a great lesson for everyone involved to, to be able to learn. And it sounds like a pretty simple process. I would, I would have to guess 
the only reason why only 15 schools signed up at first is just because not enough people know about this just yet. I feel like hundreds of thousands of more who could help would help. Yeah. And hopefully hearing about this will, will help get some of that message out there. Oh, absolutely. On the flip side, if I was a school in need, a school that is struggling to to get by to make ends meet, is there a way to reach out to you and say, hey, we love your program. We'd love to be the recipients of some help if, if we can get it. Yeah. So this year, um, our main focus was to help schools in Houston that were you know, devastated by Hurricane Harvey. And I had about 10 schools sign up from there this year. And they do the same thing. They go to adoptagym.wordpress.com. And there's another button to click for sign up as a recipient school. Again, I got I have a Google Doc there to just fill out some some questions about, you know, what kind of budget you receive annually for PE, percentage of free and reduced lunch at your school, number of students, those kind of things, just to make sure that you really are a school who needs it because this is a needs-based thing. And then what we do is we assign you, we assign a donor school to the recipient school when a donor school comes about, because obviously I can't promise a school when they sign up that it can automatically donate to them because I need to also recruit those donor schools as well so the process is to to apply and then as time goes along hopefully more teachers you know realize that they can help in in such a an impactful way for our profession you know this is one of those things where you can actually fit yourself in that teacher's shoes and imagine the amount of lessons you can now teach that you couldn't before and it gets you excited too as a physical educator that you're like wow, you know what, when when they see this awesome idea on open and they can't do the lesson because they don't have the equipment, it's dejecting. You know what I mean? It's like I've met teachers that want to like world, you know, you know, blow their PE program to like the next level and they just can't because they don't have the resources. And just like you said, I, I donated to a school in uh, Louisiana that was flooded last year and they they were so gracious. They had their students fill out this um, poster with all these thank you notes and stuff like that and one teach one of the students said thank you for all the equipment i think mrs jones is happier now than i've ever seen her before oh, you know amazing. like how awesome is that you know like i mean i made the we made the difference in the lives of these students and you get, i got pictures back with the kids smiling stuff that like you know lights my heart on fire and then also you know that you have these teachers are now gonna gonna do everything they wanted to do which is what you want as a as a as an educator you want teachers in the position where they can make a difference and adopted gym does that for physical educators more than just about anything else and just like you mentioned mike i was worried that my students would kind of get bored of it or kind of start to wonder like what's the deal i don't receive gifts or rewards or anything and you know what i'm entering my fourth year and not one student has ever asked me what do i get for these donations not one it's amazing and i realized mm -hmm. that uh, we had somebody come in and do interviews for uh, during the dance-a-thon last year. They interviewed a student, an administrator, and a parent. One of them said, we're in a comfortable situation. We know that not everybody's in the situation that we are, and we have the ability to change that. None of them said, we're having fun running around as the primary reason of doing it. And it was just really amazing to me that they all got on board, and they weren't looking for a free Frisbee or free jump rope or anything like that. They were like fully fulfilled by the pictures of the kids that are using the equipment and things like that. They were fully like 
they didn't need anything physical to uh we're doing and that that was like the goal for me as well because these are my kids they're changing their lives positively philanthropically and maybe one day they will decide that they want to make a difference in thousands of people's lives because of some experiences they had you know in our school well, that also speaks to the, you know, the culture and the values that you develop inside of your classroom and inside of your school community. So, and that's, that's really the heart of it is, is the work that you're doing up front to instill those philanthropic values and everything, not only in your kids, but uh, in your school as a whole. So that's, that's very, very cool. Yeah. That's definitely the, the goal is yeah. to you know, teach to the whole child, right? Make sure they're getting their physical needs met, but learning some life lessons along the way as well. Yeah. And you know what? I hope you don't mind to tell a quick story. So the reason why I kind of got in this direction is my mother and I moved out of my father's house after some struggles and stuff. And uh, my mother was on disability at the time. So we had enough money to last us to about the 25th or 26th of every month. And that was including eating a lot of dinners and stuff at the local support groups and things like that at our church. Now, mm -hmm. During that, that, during every month, we'd have four days a month where we had nothing, and I mean nothing. And my mother, actually, but specifically the first time I remembered, my mother would kind of once a month go out to get some kind of meal like McDonald's or something like that. And I was really excited because I was going to get this Big Mac that I hadn't had in like four months. This is before we knew how Big Mac attacks those arteries, you know? <laughs> but, that was, but that was like a, a huge, gigantic treat. Like, oh, man, like we get to do this. Exactly. It was huge because it was just it was opportunities that didn't come around to people who were, you know, in the financial situations that we were. She came back. She went out to go get the stuff and she came back and she came back with just this two that uh, big uh, extra value meal with um, just two cheeseburgers. And that was it. And I was like, what happened? She said, well, this was in Bronx, New York, where, you know, people in, we were actually more well off than quite a few people we knew. But she saw somebody on the way that was homeless and she said, we'll be fine with the two cheeseburger meal. We have fries. We have a drink. We'll be fine. I don't know if that person would have been fine if I would have just kept walking. So I gave the extra meal to him uh, and I know he'll be fine thanks to that. And I wasn't sure if he would have been otherwise. And I always wonder, like, did a Big Mac, is a Big Mac the reason why, like, thousands of kids are going to be receiving the physical education pro program that they deserve. You know what I mean? Like, but like, it was a lesson that never left me. You know what I mean? And the part of this is it's a two parted thing for me in the philanthropic side. Number one, a lot of students who have things comfortably don't really understand. They have no way of understanding exactly what it's like to struggle, but they do need to understand the fact that not everyone has it the way that they do. And if they have the ability to, to positively change that, it's almost their responsibility. But on the other side, I want kids in my class that are in those shoes that I was in when I was a kid that, you know, don't have money to make it to the next day. Uh, I want them to reach into their pocket and grab a dollar. And even if that dollar is meaningful to them, I want them to, to donate that dollar so that when they're telling the story about Adoptogen, they're saying that we helped these kids. They're not saying well, there's some rich kids at my school who donated. I want them saying we. That is so important to me that they know that the the choice to add that dollar themselves compared to not adding anything is a huge difference because that's kind of in the position we are in the world right now is we're all saying we make such a small difference. What's the point? 
where if we all make that small difference that we can, the huge difference is made. You know what I mean? And I want these kids knowing I am in the position right now. If I have the will and desire, I'm in the position right now to make a difference. And that's powerful. You know, that's powerful to know that you don't need to be rich and, and in a position of power to make a difference in this world. And when a kid uh, in my school comes and brings me a dollar or brings me a little bag of change, I make the biggest deal out of it as if somebody who just handed me $100 because that money's important to them and they decided that it was more important to help somebody else. And I want them to know that they can make a difference in kids' lives too. Is it hot in here? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, That's did I powerful stuff, a little bit? My, uh, my eyes are sweating. <laughs> that is some in- insanely powerful <laughs> stuff and it really gives a great perspective on just how important everyone's contribution is not just for adopt the gym, not just for, for the world really like, like how much every person's part matters in this case. Um, speaking of every person's part, for those of you that don't know, Kevin is obviously a teacher. He's a coach. He's a, he's a family man. He's a, a part-time superhero. Kev, how do you find time to balance all those things and take on something that's, that's this huge in, in magnitude, what's your, obviously your, your passion definitely shines through in, in hearing you talk, but what keeps you, what, what, what drives you to keep going and to keep this, this, this project afloat? Well, you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that is the passion and everything, because if you think about it, like, let's put you in your shoes in high school, uh, Mike, you were both Mike's. You're probably like right up to getting that college scholarship, you know, maybe one year in college into the NBA or something like that. And, you know, <laughs> whatever that sport was that, that got you up in the morning, knowing that when you finished the day, you were able to go to your sport team. You know, that's that's the thing that gets people at the end of their day. Sometimes if you're a musician, if you're an artist, you could spend 10 hours, eight hours practicing what you love. Right. And you're not saying to yourself, it's this huge burden on me. You know, I don't know what I'm I don't know how I get it done. You're just loving what you do. And the thing I've hit, I've been hit with a bunch of times during the last three years is that I don't, I feel like selfish almost with what I'm doing because I'm, I'm not doing it for me, but I feel like incredible all the time with like the things that I'm seeing. I'm, act, I'm able to see the pictures of these kids' faces and these teachers' faces. And I almost get that feeling like, well, like, remember you're doing it for them, like, <laughs> like forget that you're feeling like on top of the world all the time because it's not for you it's for them you know but like I don't after six hours after school like doing adopted gym forms and, and emailing people and stuff I, I don't usually go to bed feeling exhausted because I feel invigorated by what I'm doing because like it's 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 a passion like you said you don't feel worn out by your passion so if you're spending your time doing something you love it and on top of it it's making a difference in others you're not feeling overwhelmed. You know, like I have my priority straight. My, my kids at my school are number one, you know, my family's, you know, number one, my school's one a, you know, but <laughs> like, you know, like those things are going to be done no matter what, like adopted gym would not prevent me, would not cause me to lose my job or lose my family. So I know I'm getting those things done. And these things are just, they're putting smiles on my faces. Like I have, I start sentence off with how awesome is that? every day now i'm like mike miller and mike martinez want me on open podcast how awesome is that like this is what i'm doing like i have a school in billings montana that just emailed me saying they would love to do 
an adaptogen event. How awesome is that? You know, Jorge Rodriguez has uh, funds left over from a an, uh, an event he did. Jason Leach did a jump rope for heart event, and he would like to donate his $400 worth of vouchers to U.S. Games to a school in need. How awesome is that? So, like, if I'm spending all my time saying how awesome is that, like, I'm not exhausted at the end of my day. You know what I mean? There's a guy in Virginia who teaches full-time and runs this gigantic service organization and gives equipment and funds to schools in need. How awesome is that? <laughs> well played, Big Noah. Um Folks, for everyone who's listening to this episode right now, I'm I'm issuing you a challenge. I would like to see if we can go ahead and break the Adopt a Gym website with request to be donor schools and re- request to be recipient schools. I feel like every single person falls into one of those two categories, and there's really no reason why we shouldn't be trying to do our part, either giving or receiving in this amazing, amazing, amazing program. Kevin, I, I promise you, I won't tell your family when they get back in the car that you put your school above them, but <laughs> <laughs> we've got you on audio. That lasts forever, buddy. One uh, Kevin McGrath. One or, or one and two. I don't know. You know what? what <laughs> They're both pretty high. Yeah, uh, Kev. Thank you so much for popping on with us today. I, I feel enlightened that I know even more now since I, since I missed your session in, in Asheville I at the it. Institute. I caught it. It was um, fantastic. I'm already excited thinking about how can I get on board and what can we do at my school. I hope everyone else who's listening has that, that same passion that the motor is running to to get this moving. I can't thank you enough for hobbling out on one leg, braving the, the 120-mile-an-hour winds <laughs> to chat with us for a few minutes today. You are an awesome, 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 awesome. That's seven awesomes. Whoa. Awesome. <laughs> Individual. How awesome is hey, that? How awesome is that, you guys? No, but you know what? Again, <laughs> let me uh, let me say one last thing. And just like I mentioned with the students, I know that every one of us are thinking, you know what? Like, I could use three more basketballs. I could use four more jump ropes. But I want, I want to remind uh, everybody listening out there that we are in – generally in a pretty good place and we could make the difference in the lives of others feels it feels better than if somebody sent me equipment but i don't want you to think about whether you're raising three five seven thousand dollars imagine somebody called you up and said that they were willing to send five hundred dollars worth of free equipment to your school it would blow your mind it'd be is how awesome is that (laughs) so (laughs) think about it that way if you ran an adopted gym event in a school that you didn't you weren't 100 percent sure was going to really take off in a, in a financial way where like you're giving these big donations what if you called a school and told them you raised 500 bucks and you were going to send this equipment to them i want you to consider everyone just like mike said everyone has the ability to help so i reach out to you guys and consider it and m- most of us do some kind of fitness event at our school anyway so this can supplement that i mean this could be this can replace that that's what i did i basically took what i was doing in my school and molded it to adopt a gym i know that we are extremely busy as pe teachers so we don't want an extra thing on our plate but you can mold your athletic event your your fundraiser you can kind of replace all those things into one thing and you can partner with your school community your student council to do this it's not an added large amount of work um it can be done quite easily and you know like like mike said i challenge you guys to to give it a shot you know if you're not fulfilled by the smiles on the kids faces and 
and stuff like that, it, I'd be shocked. It's going to be worth it. I know it. So I want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to get the word out. You know, remind everybody that 100% of the donations go directly to purchasing equipment for these schools. You know, there's very few fundraisers that can say that. But look, look out for the future. I'm going to do a GoFundMe page so that I can always say 100% of ch children's donations will go to purchasing a, a PE equipment. That means all I have to do is find outside source funding to make it that way. Because I always want every penny that a kid gives to go to helping another child. So, again, guys, thank you so much for getting, getting me on here and getting the word out about Adopted Gym. You know, you guys are making a difference right now. And with the podcast, you're, you're reaching teachers' lives and, and improving our, you know, our, our profession in a, in a huge way. We're, we're just trying to be you when we grow yeah. up, brother. That's all we're trying to do. <laughs> keep keep making that difference. Keep making that change. That's Kevin McGrath, everyone. Folks, that pretty much puts a, a neat little bow on our show for today. Again, a huge thank you to Kevin McGrath for popping on and for all the work that he's doing with the Adopted Gym program. Uh, if you want to learn more about Adopted Gym, we will have a link to the website on our podcast as well, along with Kevin's contact information, his Twitter handle, all that good fun stuff. If you have a question or a comment for Mike or I, uh, we've been getting more and more of those yeah. as the the hashtag to the hashtag March to Nashville. March to Nashville has been rolling out. You can always contact me directly at PhysEdFreak. And me at Coach Miller PE. Or you can always email the show at openforeignpod <laughs> at gmail.com. We again love to hear from people, whether it's a comment, a question, a request to be on the show. Uh, a topic that you want to hear talked about. So please, please, please keep chiming in. Keep reaching out. Uh, we really want to make this show a truly open forum. Uh, until the next time you hear from us, that's a wrap from Mike and I. Stay active, everyone. This podcast and all of the great services provided by Open are made possible through the support of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. Every time you purchase physical education and athletic equipment through U.S. Games and BSN Sports, you are supporting a network of teachers helping teachers. OPEN is a public service organization. Learn more at openphyzed.org.